وَلَا إِنْ أَتَيْتَ الَّذِينَ أُوتُوا الْكِتَابَ And surely if you gave to the people of the book, بِكُلِّ آيَةٍ Every single evidence, every single sign, will they listen to you? No. مَا تَبِعُوا قِبْلَتَكَ They will never ever follow your qibla. وَلَا إِنْ لَا إِنْ is a combination of la and in. La meaning surely and in meaning if. So surely if أَتَيْتَ Hamza تَعْيَا You came to who? الَّذِينَ أُوتُوا الْكِتَابِ Who are الَّذِينَ أُوتُوا الْكِتَابِ The Yahud and the Nasara. So if you give to them بِكُلِّ آيَةٍ Every ayah. Remember that the word ayah, it's used for a verse. For example, an ayah of the Qur'an. It's also used for a sign, an evidence, a proof. So over here the word ayah means proof, evidence. If you gave them every proof, every sign that you could. A proof for what? An evidence for what? To prove to them that the Qibla is supposed to be the Kaaba and not Baytul Maqdis. To prove to them that Muhammad ﷺ is indeed the Messenger of Allah. That whatever commands there are in this religion, they are from who? Revealed by Allah. If you give them every evidence to prove that these commands are the very best, will they listen to you? No. Allah says, مَا تَبِعُوا They will never follow قِبْلَتَكْ your qibla. You try to convince them with every single proof. They will never be convinced. Why? Because when a person knows what the truth is, but he does not want to accept, he doesn't like it, then can you convince them to do it? You can never convince them. Even if it becomes very, very clear to them, they will say, I don't want to do it. For example, if a person has made up their mind, I'm not going to pray. And you try to convince them, you try to explain to them, look, you should pray because of such and such reason, because of this and this reason. You give them one evidence after the other. Will they listen? They won't listen. There are some people who become so firm on their wrong ways that no matter how clear the truth becomes, they do not accept. And may Allah save us from becoming such people. May Allah save us that our hearts become like that. So hard that no evidence, no proof, no advice, nothing works. Nothing can affect. I remember once I was in school and it was time for Maghrib Salah. And I got up to pray and I told the people as well, one or two, that, you know, it's time to pray. So there was one person, they're like, I don't pray. You're not a Muslim? Yeah, but I don't pray. Okay, you're supposed to pray. They're like, I don't have wudu. I said, there's the washroom. Go to wudu. I said, I don't remember how to do it. I'll tell you. Okay, fine. They got up, they did wudu. And then I said, okay, pray. They're like, how many rakat? I'm like, three. They had forgotten how to pray even. So I told them that, look, you have to pray. Every excuse they brought, I gave them a reason. So alhamdulillah, they prayed. So everybody found out that, you know, Tamiya made so-and-so person pray. And there was another person and they're like, she can never convince me. I'm like, I'm not going to bother. There are some people, you can convince them. There are other people who know what they're supposed to do, but they become so proud of their wrong ways that no matter what you tell them, what you try to explain to them, they will not accept. Should you become worked up because of them? Should you? Should you make yourself go crazy because of them? No. The Prophet ﷺ is being comforted over here that you have done your job. If they don't accept, if they don't listen, it's not your fault. You give them every evidence, every proof, they're not going to listen. They will never ever follow your qibla. So don't get worried about them. It's not your fault. You're doing your best. This is just like if you try to make children understand something, but they're not mature enough to understand. Should you expect them to understand you? No. 
if you expect that a child should behave like an adult, you know who's going to be frustrated? You. Who's going to be screaming? You. You know who's going to be pulling their hair? You. And the child? They're going to be like, what's wrong with my mother? Why is she going crazy? So there's some things that can happen and you should put your effort in doing that. But there are other things that won't happen. So don't get worked up about it. So, وَلَئِنْ أَتَيْتَ الَّذِينَ أُوتُوا الْكِتَابَ بِكُلِّ آيَةٍ مَا تَبِعُوا قِبْلَتَكَ But Allah says, وَمَا أَنْتَ And you are not going to. بِتَابِعِنْ At all want to follow. قِبْلَتَهُمْ their qibla. You are not supposed to follow their qibla. When they don't accept the truth, you're not going to compromise on the truth. You are going to stay firm on the truth. You know, sometimes you try to convince people to do something good. They don't listen. So then you're like, should I become like them? Should I change? Should I give up? No, you don't give up. You don't compromise because you are upon the truth. For example, you're out with your friends and you're like, it's time to pray. And they're like, no, no, we're not going to bother. We're going to pray later. Or they come up with excuses. So what should you do? Okay, fine, never mind. I'll just go with them. No, you're not going to follow the people who are doing something wrong, even if they are the majority. Even if they don't listen, even if they don't accept the truth. وَمَا أَنْتَ بِتَابِعِينَ قِبْلَتَهُمْ You're not going to follow their qibla. You're not allowed. وَمَا بَعْضُهُمْ وَمَا and not بَعْضُهُمْ Some of them بَعْيْنَ ضَادْ Some of them do not بِتَابِعِينَ At all one who follows قِبْلَتَ The prayer direction of بَعْض of others. Meaning they don't even follow the qibla of one another. Who? The people of the book. We know that the people of the book are mainly two groups. The Yahud and the Nasara. So they have the same book, but yet they don't follow the same qibla. Within themselves, they are divided. For example, at that time, we learned that the Yehud, when they would pray, they would face the Maghrib side, the west side of the Bayt al-Maqdis. And the Christians, when they would pray, they would face the eastern side of the Bayt al-Maqdis. So they prayed in the direction of the same masjid, the same place, but still they were divided. What's the purpose of saying this? That when they are not united themselves, should you listen to them? Not at all. First reason why you shouldn't listen to them is because they're not upon the truth. And secondly, they're not even united themselves. They're not even sure themselves. They're unsure of what they are on. And surely if you if you followed ahwa'ahum their desires, ahwa is the plural of hawa. If you followed their desires, mimbardi after majaaka that has come to you, what has come to you? Min al-ilm of knowledge. What knowledge had been given to the Prophet ﷺ? What knowledge? The wahi, the revelation, the Quran. So after knowledge has come to you, if you follow their desires, innaka indeed you, idhan then lamin al-zalimin, surely among the wrongdoers. You would be of those people who commit zulm. Zalimin is a plural of zulm. If you followed them after knowledge, then you would be committing a great injustice. You would be committing a great injustice. Imagine who is being told the Prophet ﷺ. So what about us? If we know what we're supposed to do, yet we don't do it out of the fear of people, out of peer pressure, then are we not unjust? Yes. The question is, what kind of injustice is this? This is injustice against ourselves. Injustice against other people as well. Injustice against Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Injustice towards the truth. That you know what the truth is, yet you don't follow it, yet you don't live by it. You start obeying other people. What do we learn in this verse? We learn a very, very important lesson. We learn that as Muslims, we are supposed to remain firm upon the truth. Even if the entire world is going against. 
even if all the people are doing what is contradictory to it. They are doing what is different from it. And they're calling you to their ways, to their desires. Are you going to follow them? You're not going to follow them, no matter what it is. After a person has knowledge, then he is supposed to remain firm upon that knowledge. A person who doesn't know, what does he do? He does whatever other people do. He imitates other people. For example, a child. He will see somebody yelling, he will start yelling. He will see somebody biting their nails, he will start biting his nails. He will see somebody running, he will start running. Just yesterday, I went somewhere with my son, and I told him that, look, this is the pavement, this is where we walk, we don't walk on the street. I was trying to explain to him, we don't walk on the street, it's not safe, it's for cars. And all of a sudden, he saw these two kids running on the street. And he ran on the street. I don't know what to say to him. I just told him, don't run on the street, it's not safe. And he saw somebody else running on the street, so he went. So children do this. People who don't know, they follow others, they imitate others. Whatever others are doing, they start doing the same thing. Who remains firm on their principles? The one who has principles, right? The one who has some knowledge. So as Muslims, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has established certain rules for us. And we are supposed to remain firm on them. And we cannot go on compromising just to please other people. Because if we start pleasing other people, will they ever be happy with us? No. Our goal in this life is not to please people. Our goal in this life is to please who? Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So this is something that is very, very important that we must remember in every situation. You know, in school, many times there's a lot of peer pressure. Everybody's using a bad word. If you don't use it, you seem like naive or a person who doesn't know anything. So don't start following other people blindly. When Allah has given you ilm, remain firm on it. Then we also learn in this verse about some people that even though they know about the truth, they don't accept it. If you give any sign to them, they will not follow your qibla. When we find out about the truth, what should our reaction be towards it? Should we become stubborn? What should we do? What should be our reaction? We should accept it. We should not become stubborn on our ways. For example, if somebody points out our mistake, and we realize that yes, we were at fault, what should be our reaction? No, I did this because I forgot. I did this because of such and such reason. Give a long story, give excuses. There's no point in doing that. The best is that a person accepts the truth. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, الَّذِينَ آتَيْنَاهُمُ الْكِتَابِ Those people to whom we have given the book. Who are they? The Yahud and the Nasara. يَعْرِفُونَهُ They recognize it. They recognize who? They recognize Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa They recognize the Qur'an. They recognize this deen. Everything that the Messenger sallallahu alayhi wa commands. They recognize him. كَمَا يَعْرِفُونَ Just as they recognize أَبْنَاءَهُمْ Their own sons. Just as they recognize their own children. Notice the word يَعْرِفُونَ is from عَيْن رَافَ مَعْرِفَ مَعْرِفَ is to recognize something by its signs. To recognize something by its signs. For example, you go to a classroom and it's full of children. And you're looking for your younger brother. What are you going to look for? You're going to look at every single child. Is this my brother? Is this my brother? Is this my... No, you're not going to do that. What are you going to do? You're going to think about what shirt was he wearing? He was wearing a red shirt. Where's the red shirt? Okay, red shirt. That's him. Or you know that he's the tallest kid. So what are you going to do? Look for the tallest kid. And when you see that sign, you know that it's your brother. Even in that huge crowd, you will find him. So how will you find him? How will you recognize him? Through his signs. This is what marifa is. Marifa is also knowledge of something that is tangible or recognition of something that is obvious. 
And it is something that can be perceived by your eyes, by your outer senses, your external senses. For example, you see something with your eyes. You know it, you recognize it. Ilm on the other hand, ilm is slightly different from ma'rifah. It is to know about something that is intangible. Like for example, a concept. Does it have a shape? Does it have a form? Like for example, fasting. Is it a box? Is it a room? Is it a cup? You can't describe it in a physical sense. Can you see it with your eyes? No. But where do you understand it? In your mind. So you understand what ma'rifah is? Ma'rifah is much easier than ilm. Ma'rifah comes very quickly. You just look at the thing and you recognize it. You don't have to study it. You don't have to observe it. You don't have to look at it for a long time. No. You don't have to test it. No. You see it and you know. For example, your brother. You see him with your own eyes. You look at the obvious signs. You don't have to go to him and ask him, so what's your name? If you do that, people will be like, what's wrong with this person? Are you going to say to your brother, can you show me your hand so I can see you know, how your fingers are? You know, my brother has those kind of fingers. You know your brother for God's sake. You're not going to do that. You're going to test him. Okay, let me see. If I give you an orange cup and a yellow cup, which one will you take? If he takes orange cup, that's my brother. You don't have to test him. You don't have to study him. Because it's so obvious he's your brother. This is what ma'rifah is. So those people to whom we have given the book, meaning the Yahud and the Nasara, they have the Torah, they have the Injil, they recognize Muhammad wasallam so easily, so clearly, without any difficulty, through his obvious signs, with their own eyes. How? كَمَا يَعْرِفُونَ أَبْنَاءَهُمْ Just as they would recognize their own sons. Abna is the plural of Ibn. Imagine. The Arabs, they love their sons more than their daughters. This was an Arab custom. And for a man to know his son, to be able to pick him out in a crowd was something very easy. The more you love someone, the more you know them. So for them to recognize their sons was not difficult at all. Likewise, for them to recognize the Prophet ﷺ was not difficult at all. They just had to look at him and they would know that he is the Messenger ﷺ. Abdullah ibn Salam, he was Jewish. When the Prophet ﷺ migrated to Medina, he heard him saying that, O people, Afshu salam spread the salam, ta'am, give food to people, and pray when the people are sleeping, and you will enter paradise, inshallah. So when he heard that, those were the first words he heard from the Prophet ﷺ, and he knew that he was a messenger. He had no doubt. He recognized him immediately. يَعْرِفُونَهُ كَمَا يَعْرِفُونَ أَبْنَاءَهُمْ so why is it that they don't accept? Allah says, وَإِنَّ فَرِيقًا مِّنْهُمْ And indeed a group from them. Fariq is from the root letters فَارَقَفْ Faraqa is to separate. So Fariq is a group that has separated from the rest of the people. A section. So indeed a group, minhum from them, what do they do? لَيَكْتُمُونَ الْحَقِّ Surely they conceal the truth. يَكْتُمُونَ كَافْ تَعْمِيمْ كَتَمَ To conceal. They hide the truth. وَهُمْ يَعْلَمُونَ And they know. They know that they're hiding the truth. Or they know what the truth is. And they're deliberately hiding it. They're deliberately concealing it. What truth is it that they were concealing? What they knew of the Prophet ﷺ. Why were they concealing it? Because they didn't want to accept him. What do we learn in this verse? That the Prophet ﷺ was very well known amongst the people of the book. They knew about his signs. They knew how to recognize him. And they did recognize him. But they didn't accept him on what he said. Simply because they didn't like him. They didn't like what he said. And that is the reason why they opposed him. That is the reason why they criticized him. And that is the reason why they spread all this propaganda at the time of the change of the Qibla. Many times it happens that you do something 
And people create such a big deal out of it. And they know what you're doing is right. You should be doing it for the sake of your family, for the sake of your children, for the sake of your well-being, whatever it is. But there's such a huge reaction from the people. So much opposition. Everybody's talking about it. Then what do you do? Get worried about what they're saying? Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is telling the Prophet ﷺ about this so that he does not worry about the criticism, about the objection of the Ahlul Kitab. When you know you're on the truth and people still oppose you, don't worry. Don't pay attention to them. Because if you do so, only you will be disheartened. Only you will be worried. Allah comforts the Messenger that الحق من ربك The truth is from your Lord. This command to face the Qibla is certainty. It is a true fact. It is definitely from who? من ربك From your Lord. فَلَا So never ever be. لَا this is the same word as yakunu, takunu, kaf wa noon. So la takunanna, never ever should you be. Notice the noon shadda at the end, definitely. So don't you dare be. Never ever be. Min al mumtarin of those who doubt. Mumtarin is a plural of mumtari. And mumtari is the one who has imtira. Mirya, mim ra ya. That's the root. Mim ra ya. The word mirya, what does it mean? What's the translation of the word mumtarin? Those who? Doubt. So what is Mirya? Doubt. Is there any other word that we read that also means doubt? Raib. ذَلِكَ الْكِتَابِ لَا رَيْبَ فِيهِ Raib is also doubt. Mirya is also doubt. What kind of a doubt is Mirya? Mirya is a doubt about something that is factual. Something that is a reality. So for example, sometimes children know that their parents are actually their parents. But just because the mother was upset, the daughter starts to feel very sad. And she's talking to her friends and she's like, you know, I wonder, maybe I'm adopted. People say that. If you think about it, the daughter looks so much like the mother. The son looks so much like the mother. They have their baby pictures. They know that they are the actual child. They're not adopted. But yet they start doubting. So this is doubt about what? Something that is a reality, something that is factual. And it's also such doubt that leads to arguments. Meaning if you dwell on that doubt, it will lead to fights. It will lead to discord. It will lead to disunity. So, فَلَا تَكُونَنَّ مِنَ الْمُنْتَرِينَ Never ever be of those who doubt, because this is a reality and you should not have any doubt about this reality. And if you dwell on it, then it will lead you to اختلاف, to division. Let's listen to the recitation. وَلَئِنْ أَتَيْتَ الَّذِينَ أُوتُوا الْكِتَابَ بِكُلِّ آيَةٍ مَا تَبِعُوا قِبْلَتَكَ وَمَا أَنْتَ بِتَابِعٍ قِبْلَتَهُمْ وَمَا بَعْضُهُمْ بِتَابِعٍ قِبْلَتَ بَعْضٍ وَلَئِنِ اتَّبَعْتَ أَهْوَاءَهُمْ مِنْ so if you follow their ways, after you know what the truth is, you would be of who? You would be of the zalimin. Zalimin is a plural of zalim. And zulm is injustice. Zulm is naqs, to fall short in giving the haq of something or someone. 
what is the right of the truth that it should be accepted it should be abided by it should be promoted but if a person leaves it then is he falling short in his duty to the truth yes for example if allah has given us a command what is the right of that command that we should abide by it but if we disregard it just to conform with other people then are we being unjust unfair with the commands of allah are we being unfair yes allah did not reveal the commands so that they should be disobeyed no Allah revealed these commands so that we should abide by them. And when we know that it is from Allah, what does Allah say? Al-Haqqu min Rabbik, this truth is from your Lord. So every single command that is from Allah, what is it? It is the truth. And anything that contradicts that, what is that? Falsehood. Whatever Allah tells us, that is the truth. Anything that contradicts that is what? Falsehood. So what Allah tells us, we are to live by. What other people say, what contradicts the commands of Allah, what are you supposed to do with them? Ignore them. وَلِكُلِّنْ And for each, وِجْهَةٌ An objective, a direction. هُوَ مُوَلِّيهَا He turns towards it. وَلِكُلِّنْ كُلِّنْ over here means each person, each ummah, each community. Every people, every person has a wijha. Wijha, what do you think the root is? Waujim. Ha. Any other word from the same root? Waj. Waj is face. And wijha is the place, the direction that you have your face towards. For example, if I'm on my way to the end of the classroom, this is my wijha. Why? Because my face is in that direction. So each person, each community has a wijha. Huwa muwalliha. He turns towards it. Muwalli. This is from waw lamia. Muwalli is the person who does walla, meaning the one who turns. So huwa muwalliha, he turns towards it, meaning he faces it. What does it mean? Every person, every community has a purpose, has a direction. And they face it. They go towards it, strive towards it. This wijha has been understood in two ways. First of all, that which is tangible, and secondly, that which is intangible. In the tangible sense, what is this wijha? For example, the prayer direction. Muslims, when we perform the salah, do we face anywhere? No, we have a wijha, and when we are praying salah, we are supposed to face it. So this is tangible, this is physical. Likewise, the Yehud and Nasara, when they prayed, what did they face? What direction did they face? Towards Baytul Maqdis, that was their wijha. So likewise, Muslims, our rule is that we face the Kaaba, so don't be embarrassed about it. Every religion, every people have their customs, they have their rules, they have their ways. So likewise, this is our way. So what's the big deal? Because sometimes people get offended by these rules of ours. That why do you have to face a particular direction? Why do you have to celebrate Eid at this time? You know, just celebrate any time. Follow the solar calendar. Don't bother following the lunar calendar. You know, people get offended by that. So, it's not a big deal. If we have our rules, every people, every nation has their own rules. Secondly, wijha is understood in the intangible sense. Meaning, it refers to the focus the purpose that every person, every community, every people, every family, every organization, every institute, every group of people has. If you go to a school, do they have a purpose? Do they have a goal? Do they have a focus, a motto? They do. Likewise, if you work at a place, do they have a focus, a purpose? Yes, they do. So if you come here, do you think we have a purpose? Nothing. Anybody can come, do whatever, go whenever. No, we also have a goal. What is our goal? Quran for all people in every hand and every heart. 
So every person, every place, every people, every community, they have their wujha, a focus that they're striving towards, that they want to achieve, that they're dedicated to. For example, if you ask a person who is studying in med school, what is their wujha? To become an engineer. No. It's something that's related to medicine. Similarly, if you ask a person who is studying math in high school, what's your wujha? I'm going to get married and have children. Good. But why are you studying math? What's the purpose? Are you going to do something with this knowledge? You have to, right? Similarly, if you're asked, why are you studying the Qur'an? What's your wujha? What's your goal? What's your focus? What's your objective? You say, nothing. Just like that. Is that a wujha? Is that a direction? Then you don't have a goal. If you don't have a goal, where are you going to go? You don't know. You're lost. Every person must have their goals. They must have their objective, a purpose, something that they want to achieve. And if you don't know what your goal is, then you're kind of wasting your time. And you're not doing something useful with the time and the life and the opportunity that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has given you. So, وَلِكُلِّنْ وِجْهَةٌ هُوَ مُوَلِّيهَا Every person has a wujha, meaning you should have a wujha that he should be facing. فَاسْتَبِقُوا الْخَيْرَاتِ So race towards what? Al-khayrat, the good deeds. Fastabiku is from istabaqa, seen ba qaf. Sabaqa is to go ahead. And istabaqa is to compete in getting ahead. When people are competing with one another, how are they running? Or how are they walking? Very slowly, taking a stop here, taking a stop there. Is that how they go? No. Istabaqa shows speed. It shows yearning, desire to do more, to get ahead. It shows that a person doesn't stop. It shows that a person is not happy, he's not satisfied until he reaches his destination. So, فَاسْتَبِقُوا race in what? In al-khayrat, in good deeds. Al-khayrat is a plural of khayrah. In good things, in good deeds. Every person has a goal. Don't compete with others just for the sake of competition. No. Your goal, your race should be towards what? Towards good things. Many times it happens that, for example, a person sees that so-and-so is making a video. You know, a good video, they're doing da'wah. So they're like, you know what, I'll make a video too. Similarly, a person sees another person, you know, they are writing. So you know what, I'll write as well. They have a website. I'll have a website as well. They're going to this class. I should go to that class as well. They have a phone. I should have a phone as well. People compete with others many times. When? When they're just imitating them. They don't have their own goal. They don't have their own objective. Their purpose is just to imitate others. They're not creative. Their goal is not good deeds anymore. Their goal is to just get ahead of other people. Their goal is just to do as other people are doing. Such people are failures. Such people are losers. People who imitate others, what happens to them? They don't get anywhere in their life because it's quite possible they're imitating other people and what they're doing is not their strength is not what they are capable of doing. So they're wasting their time, they're wasting their energy. They could spend that energy and time in doing something much better, but they're not doing it. So as a result, they're wasting their time. And you know what happens? Their intention is corrupt. Their intention is not for the sake of Allah. They're doing what they're doing just to become famous, just to look good in the eyes of other people, just to be apparently successful as other people are. So when their intention is not for the sake of Allah, then what happens? They become failures. 
they are not successful. Allah tells us, each person should have a goal, but your goal should be what? Imitate others? No. Your goal should be فَاسْتَبِقُ khayrat. Race in doing good deeds. Compete. Try to get ahead in doing good deeds. I want you to notice something. فَاسْتَبِقُ khayrat. It doesn't say فَاسْتَبِقُ إِلَى khayrat or فَاسْتَبِقُ fil khayrat. If it was إِلَى khayrat, it would mean that speed up, try to get ahead of one another in getting to good deeds. And when you get there, then stop. And if it meant fee, then it would mean continue doing good deeds. It has not been mentioned. Why? Because a person should never think that if he reaches somewhere, then he doesn't have anything else to do after that. No. You can never ever have enough good deeds. There is always more to do. You are supposed to continue until the end of your life, until your last breath. فَاسْتَبِقُ الْخَيْرَاتِ Never ever stop. And these good deeds are going to carry a lot of weight on the Day of Judgment. Think about it. If we miss out, if we ignore an opportunity to do something good, then you know what we're doing? We are settling with less. We think that it's okay to have less. Tell me, if you're told at your workplace, do this one extra thing and you get 50 more dollars, what will you do? I'm like, sure, why not? You'll do it. And if you're told, just do one more extra thing, you'll get a hundred dollars. You're like, yeah, sure, why not? Just do one more thing, you'll get a thousand dollars. What will you do? You'll do it. Even if it's nine o'clock at night, you'll say, yeah, sure, I don't mind. I want the money. I can never have enough. When it comes to good deeds, you can never have enough. So, فَاسْتَبِقُ khayrat. Keep going ahead. Keep doing good deeds. It's not enough. For example, when we are in this classroom, we're sitting, we're doing something good. Alhamdulillah. So when the class ends, does that mean that good deed ends? No. Another should begin. For example, as a class ends, it's time to clean up. Prepare the place for people to come and pray salah. So what should you do? Yeah, I sat through the whole class. I've been here since 9.30 in the morning. You know, I have to go home and I'll do something. I'll just sit, take a break. There are other people who are supposed to do it. It's their job. Should you leave out on the opportunity to do good? Should you settle with less? Never. فَاسْتَبِقُ الْخَيْرَاتِ Race ahead. If you can get even one more chair and put it away, go. Race towards it. And you know what? This kind of competition the Sahaba had. You know, once there were these companions who did not go out with the Prophet ﷺ for an expedition and their punishment was that nobody was allowed to talk to them. Nobody at all. Even the Prophet ﷺ would not speak with them. Imagine 50 days passed by like this and they were so sorry. They were doing tawbah, they were doing istighfar, they were praying to Allah for forgiveness. And then what happened that one morning the Prophet ﷺ announced that the verses had been revealed concerning their tawbah, that their tawbah had been accepted. So you know what happened? Umar Abu Bakr they ran out of the masjid towards the houses of those people. So, you know, one of the persons who was running, they figured out that another person had gone ahead of them. So you know what they did? They got up to the top of a hill and they screamed out, Your tawbah has been accepted! They wanted to be the first one to announce that good news to them. They wanted to be the first one to do that good deed. فَاسْتَبِقُ khayrat. Imagine, Abu Bakr, Umar, anhuma, other companions, they were competing like this. What do we think? Somebody else will do it. You know, they're gone to tell them, why should I bother? Other people are doing it. No. A person who wants something, he doesn't settle with less. He doesn't think that, yeah, other people are doing it, so I don't need to do it. No. He will find something to do. And when he will search, Allah will give him the opportunity. Never stay behind in doing good. Always get ahead. 
And even if you think other people are doing it, still go ahead. You will find something to do. Allah says, أَيْنَمَا تَكُونُوا Wheresoever you will be. أَيْنَمَا Any place. Wherever. Wherever you will be. يَأْتِ بِكُمُ اللَّهُ جَمِيعًا Allah will bring all of you, jami'a, all of you. Allah will bring all of you. Where? On the plain of Hashr, on the day of judgment. Jami'a, jimim ain. Every single person, no matter where he is, no matter where his body is buried, or where his ashes have settled, or where his body has decomposed, no matter where he is, on what part of the earth, wherever in the sea, any place, what's going to happen? Each person is going to go back to Allah. And when a person goes back to Allah, then what's going to happen? He's going to be asked about what he did, and he's going to be recompensed for every single thing that he has done. So a person who's doing fastabiqul khayrat in this dunya, he will have a lot to show on the Day of Judgment. And a person who was like, yeah, others will do it. Yeah, I've done enough. It's okay. Never mind. I'm too tired. I've done enough. Then what's going to happen? He's going to come with less, and his reward will be less. A person who remembers death doesn't stop in doing good. And a person who forgets his death, he stops. He thinks he's done a lot. فَاسْتَبِقُوا الْخَيْرَاتِ أَيْنَمَا تَكُونُوا يَأْتِ بِكُمُ اللَّهُ جَمِيعًا إِنَّ اللَّهَ عَلَى كُلِّ شَيْءٍ قَدِيرٍ Indeed, Allah is over all things qadir, qaf, dal, ra, qudra. Qudra is the ability to do something. So He has perfect ability, complete ability to do everything that He wants to. So if He wants to gather all of you together, he can. It's not difficult for him at all. What does this ayah teach us? That we should analyze ourselves. What goals do we have? What is our purpose? What am I doing? And why am I doing it? Am I doing it just to please people? Am I doing it just to compete with others? If that's the case, that's wrong. Because Allah says, فَاسْتَبِكُ khayrat. Our goals should be, our striving should be in khayrat, in doing good deeds for the sake of Allah. Let's listen to the recitation. وَلِكُلِّ وِجَهَةٌ هُوَ مُوَلِّيهَا فَاسْتَبِقُوا الْخَيْرَاتِ أَيْنَمَا تَكُونُوا يَأْتِ بِكُمُ اللَّهُ جَمِيعًا إِنَّ اللَّهَ عَلَى كُلِّ شَيْءٍ قَدِيرٌ We learned that a person who's today is not better than his yesterday, and such a person is a loser. Your today should be better than your yesterday. You should have achieved something, gained something that you did not gain yesterday. And you cannot gain something until unless you have a purpose. You want to do something. So at the end of the day, ask yourself, what did I do? What do I want to achieve? Whatever my goal is, how close am I to it? And how far am I from it? If you think about it, Allah tells us, فَاسْتَبِقُوا الْخَيْرَاتِ Race ahead in doing good deeds. Not race ahead in collecting dunya, in doing worldly things. Because you know what happens? When it comes to racing ahead to get dunya, people get very active over there. She has a phone, I should get that phone. She has that plan, I have to get that plan. She's wearing that bag, I have to get that. She's wearing that color, I have to get that. She's wearing that hijab, I have to get that. Competition, competition, all the time. Does that bring any happiness to you? You're always, always dissatisfied. You're always unhappy. You always feel deprived no matter what you have. It will never ever bring you contentment. But when you're doing good, one after the other, it gives you satisfaction in your heart. It brings you happiness that Alhamdulillah, I did something beneficial. I did something useful. And in this dunya, you know many times you could do great things, but then you're like, what next? You don't know what to do. And even if you know what to do, you can't be bothered many times. 
Because you're like, I've done enough. This is why people retire, right? Even when they've become very old and when they have a lot of experience, still they retire. But when it comes to fastabiqul khairat, there is no retirement until the end of your life. When a person is imitating others, he has low self-esteem. He's not confident about himself. He thinks he has to copy others to be good. But when a person is creative, when a person is striving towards something that is khairat, then what happens? He feels good about himself. He feels confident. Then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala mentions the command again to emphasize that no matter what the reaction is of the people, no matter how much they oppose you, no matter what they say to you, you have to face the qibla. You have to follow the command of Allah because that is the truth. وَمِنْ حَيْثُ خَرَجْتَ And from wherever خَرَجْتَ you came out. خَرَجِيمُ Any house, any building, any city, any place, you came out of it and now it's time to pray. فَوَلِّ وَجْهَكَ So turn your face. شَطْرَ الْمَسْجِدِ الْحَرَامِ in the direction of the sacred mosque. If you think about it, this was mentioned before as well. Wherever you are, kuntum, then you should face the qibla. The command is being repeated. And it will be repeated again. Why? For the purpose of emphasis, that this is something that we have to do. And to also show different scenarios. That whether you are at home, or you are traveling, wherever you are, you have to face the qibla. وَإِنَّهُ لَلْحَقُّ مِنْ رَبِّكَ And indeed, Surely it is the truth from your Lord. Never be in doubt about it. And Allah is not at all unaware of what you do. Previously it was said, Now you, ta'malun. Whatever you do, Allah knows about it. So wherever you are, when you're praying, face the qibla. Also remember one thing. Notice the word shatra, shatra al-masjid al-haram. I remember when I was in high school, I think, I was studying about angles. And you know when you're studying in geometry that if you have your angle, for example, at 91 degrees as opposed to 90 degrees, and you draw your line, are you going to meet at the same place, at the same destination? No. The farther you go, the more far you will be from your destination. Even from the change of one degree. Even the difference of one degree makes such a huge difference. So I thought at that time, you know when I'm facing the Qibla, what if I'm like slightly on the other side? Then I won't be facing the Qibla. That it's not like you have to make a straight line from where you're standing all the way to the Kaaba. And if it's a straight line, then you're facing the Qibla. And if it's even slightly sideways, then you're not facing the Qibla. It's not like that. So if you ever have that doubt, don't have that. What's the answer to that? The word Shatr. Shatr is in the direction of. Not exactly. It's in the direction of. For example, we know that in this masjid we have to pray straight. But if a person is standing even slightly towards the right, slightly, one angle, one degree towards the right, sometimes it happens that you're standing in the row and the person's standing next to you, you know, they're slightly ahead and the person's on the other side is slightly behind, so you're kind of like at an angle trying to join the feet. So is your qibla wrong? No, you are in the direction of. So remember that rule. Again, وَمِنْ حَيْثُ خَرَجْتَ And from wherever you come out, فَوَلِّ وَجْهَكَ So turn your face, شَطْرَ الْمَسْجِدِ الْحَرَامِ In the direction of the sacred mosque. Again it's repeated for emphasis and also to show the importance of facing the right qibla. وَحَيْثُ مَا كُنْتُمْ And whichever place you may be, مِنْ حَيْثُ خَرَجْتَ Wherever you're traveling, wherever you're journeying towards, whichever place you come out of, whichever destination you come out of, وَحَيْثُ مَا كُنْتُمْ Any place you may be. So turn your faces in that direction. Why? Why be so firm about the Qibla? For various reasons. First of all, 
so that not. This is a combination of li so and that and la not. So that not yakuna linnas. So that people do not have alaykum against you hujjatun any argument. Hujja ha jim jim. We read the word atuhajuna. So the people do not have any argument against you. What does it mean by this? That people don't have anything to say against you. That when you're at home, you pray in this direction. And when you're traveling, you pray in another direction. When you feel like it, you face the qibla. And when it's inconvenient for you, you don't bother to find out. No. People should not have any argument against you. You have to face the proper qibla. إِلَّا الَّذِينَ ظَلَمُوا مِنْهُمْ Except for the wrongdoers amongst them. What does it mean by this? That there are some people who will always find a fault in you. No matter what you're doing, they will find something to talk against you. They will have something against you, no matter what evidence you give to them, as we learned earlier. So no matter what you do, no matter how firm you are on your ways, they will always come up with something to talk negatively about you. So don't care about them. Allah says, فَلَا تَخْشَوْهُمْ So don't fear them. Instead, what should you do? وَخْشَوْنِي And you should fear me. This is from the root letters خَا شِينْ يَا From the word خَشْيَة And خَشْيَة is fear. Any other word for fear? خَوْف خَوْف is also fear. خَشْيَة is different. خَشْيَة is such fear that is based on knowledge. And it is such fear of someone whom a person thinks to be as great. For example, we have خَشْيَة of Allah because we know that Allah is the greatest. If a person has khashiyah of their mother, it's because they know their mother is very strong, very strong-willed, so they cannot disobey them. So it is out of the awareness of the other's greatness. So Allah says, even if they may be very big, these people who oppose you, even if they're very powerful, and even if they come and attack you again and again, you fear them? No. فَلَا تَخْشَوْهُمْ Never fear them. Instead, who should you fear? You should have fear of Allah. When a person realizes the greatness of Allah, then he does not have the fear of people anymore. For example, if a person is in a place where nobody is standing up to pray, he's afraid of people, what they will say, what will enable him to stand and pray? The fear of Allah, that my Lord is watching me now, and He will question me on the Day of Judgment. So when a person has the fear of Allah, then the fear of people diminishes. It goes away. This is why Allah says, فَلَا تَخْشَوْهُمْ وَخْشَوْنِي Take out their fear from your heart so you can have fear of Allah. Another reason, the second reason, why we have to be firm on the Qibla. The first reason was what? لِأَلَّا يَكُونَ لِلنَّاسِ عَلَيْكُمْ حُجَّةِ The second reason, وَلِأُتِمَّ نِعْمَتِي عَلَيْكُمْ وَلِأُتِمَّ أُتِمَّ تَمِيمِيمِ تَمَام إِتْمَام إِتْمَام is to complete and perfect something. إِتْمَامُ الشَّيْءِ the completion of something, when something reaches its objective, when something reaches its final end. So what is it? It's complete. For example, when you started this course, your goal is to complete the 30 juz. So when you reach the 30th, the end of the 30th, then is your course complete? Yes, it is. So utimma, so that I may complete ni'mati, my favor, my blessing. Which blessing is it that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has given to this ummah? The blessing of the deen. The blessing of Islam. The blessing of this religion. So become firm on this qibla. Face the Kaaba in your salah so that the religion may be perfected. Because part of this religion is that the Muslims should face the Kaaba in prayer. This is supposed to be part of the last, of the final sharia, the final law that Allah was going to reveal. 
So when the people will follow the law, when this command has come, then this will be a means of completion of the religion. Another reason why you should be firm on the Qibla, وَلَعَلَّكُمْ And so that you may تَحْتَدُون You may be rightly guided. تَحْتَدُون هَذَا When you will face the Qibla, only then you are rightly guided. If you don't face the Qibla, are you rightly guided? Are you on the truth? No. What does it show? That if a person does not face the Qibla deliberately, then he is not upon guidance. He is not upon the right way. Facing the Qibla is a condition for the acceptance of prayer. What do we learn in this verse? We learn about the obligation of facing the Qibla no matter where a person is, no matter what place, no matter what state. Obviously, I mentioned the exceptions to you earlier. Another very important lesson that we learn from this is that a person must implement the commands of Allah and this can only be done when a person has fear of Allah. When it comes to obeying Allah, we should remove the fear of people from our hearts. A person might say, how? How do you eliminate fear from your heart? Isn't fear natural? Yes, it is. But isn't confidence also part of your feelings? Yes. So how do you replace fear with confidence? That you think about how small, how powerless people are, and how great, how powerful Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is. You think, what will people do? What will they say? Maximum, what can they do to me? They will say something negative? So what? I listen one ear, out the other. Don't we do so many things that we dare to do them? Even if people oppose, we do it, right? Whatever we believe to be right, we do it. So fear is replaced with confidence. The person who bows before Allah will be able to stand in front of anyone. And the person who bows before people, he cannot stand before anyone. He will always bow before people. He will have no confidence, nothing left. And he will have no identity. If you think about it, this qibla, it's a means of unity of Muslims, isn't it so? That wherever we are on this planet, we're facing the same direction. And when we face the Qibla, remember we're not worshipping the Kaaba, no. We're worshipping Rabba Hadha Al-Bayt, the Lord of this house, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So facing the Qibla is something that is necessary, it is something that is important. It's a command from Allah, we cannot compromise on that. And if we start fearing people when it comes to obeying Allah, then we cannot do anything in life. I watched a video recently, there was a huge stadium, thousands of people, and I believe there was some kind of convocation over there, some major event. And this person was standing in the field and he was praying salah. Thousands of people. And he was standing over there. He came, he prayed salah, said salam, and went to his place. فَلَا تَخْشَوْهُمْ Don't fear them. وَخْشَوْنِي Fear me. Don't fear people. Fear Allah. When it comes to obeying the commands of Allah. And the more you will fear Allah, the more you will be able to obey Him. Let's listen to the recitation. وَمِنْ حَيْثُ خَرَجْتَ فَوَلِّ وَجْهَكَ شَطَرَ الْمَسْجِدِ الْحَرَامِ وَإِنَّهُ لَلْحَقُّ مِنْ رَبِّكَ وَمَا اللَّهُ بِغَافِلٍ عَمَّا تَعْمَلُونَ وَمِنْ حَيْثُ خَرَجْتَ فَوَلِّ وَجْهَكَ شَطَرَ الْمَسْجِدِ الْحَرَامِ وَحَيْثُ مَا كُنْتُمْ فَوَلُّوا جُوهَكُمْ شَطَرَهُ لِأَلَّا يَكُونَ لِلنَّاسِ عَلَيْكُمْ حُجَّةٌ إِلَّا الَّذِينَ ظَلَمُوا مِنْهُمْ فَلَا تَخْشَوْهُمْ وَاخْشَوْنِي فَلَا تَخْشَوْهُمْ وَاخْشَوْنِي وَلِأُتِمَّ نِعْمَتِي عَلَيْكُمْ وَلَعَلَّكُمْ تَهْتَدُونَ 
person in this world who has not been criticized by people? Any person? No. From a child to an adult, an old person. A failure to a person who may be very, very successful. Even presidents, aren't they criticized? Yes. Everyone is criticized for what they do. So who are people who are successful? They don't worry about the criticism of others. They don't give any importance to it. They do what they believe is right, they stay firm on it, and that is how they become successful. Similarly, if we want to become successful in our religion, what do we have to do? Stay firm on it. People say whatever. They mock, they joke, they criticize. They say why you do this and why you do that. Don't get affected by that. You should definitely know the answer to that, but don't get affected by it. That you lose your confidence. فَلَا تَخْشَوْهُمْ وَخْشَوْنِي فِيرَ اللَّهِ وَلَعَلَّكُمْ تَحْتَدُونَ